Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Screw us, Kushutar Ota. Episode 29, uh, Star Wars Archives, Ta Utini Network Podcast, and then uh, Michu took a random Star Wars topic, and Anunat, uh, Living Bantha, Pudu Zeng Ota, Michu, Jose, aka Joxie, Zeke, Ta Utiniverse, Michu Yuyuni, a la Star Wars canon movies and the TV shows, Michu Rola, 43 Star Wars book, Ota, Michu Pawa, 23 of Cha. And I'm Trevor, and I'm stopping there to give Jose a round of applause. Man! Shit, dude. That was impressive stuff. Fair play. Have, have you actually practiced that? Or was that the first time you did it? I did not know that was coming. I mean, I wrote it down. That was the first time I read it all the way through. Fair play. That that was incredible. Um, and for anyone listening, hopefully this will make slightly more sense shortly. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm Trev, <laughs> keeper of a timeline pages over at Utini. Uh, I spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media and own over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. For anyone joining us for the very first time, you're probably very confused right now. Um, but this is a largely unscripted <laughs> show where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs and learn new languages, apparently. <laughs> I will do as little research as possible and we can talk about anything Star Wars, legends, canon, books, comics, TV, video games, even miscellaneous newspaper clippings, and hopefully keep you both entertained and informed over the next hour or so. And today, if you didn't know, based on how I started this episode, we are talking... We are the E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
uh, it's its own language, but whenever there isn't a direct translation, they just use the English word. It's, it's uh, very odd. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, so after, so yeah, I mean, I, I watched uh, the Ewok movies. And after watching that, uh, you know, that, that's what they do there too. They kind of just throw in English words here and there. Yeah. So I did the same. I also have watched both Ewok movies over the last couple of days. It's it's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a thing. They, they do exist. I have seen worse movies. Um, I've possibly seen worse Star Wars movies. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there we are. Here we go. It'll be an interesting episode. Yeah, that's right. So before we get started, let's just, uh, you know, take a moment to thank um, all the people supporting us through either uh, Patreon subscriptions or getting some of our merch. If you'd like to help us out as well, you get um, our Star Wars inspired merch on utinu.com slash merch, where you can get t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, pine glasses, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. And you can also go to patreon.com slash utini. And when you become a member, not only will you get access to all of our episodes in advance, you will also get a bunch of other Utini member exclusives, including a uh, discount code uh, from, for some of the higher tier um, subscribers, uh, discount code for our merch. So uh, now that that's out of the way, we can actually dive into Ewok stuff, Trev. Yes, uh, we can. So I don't know, how, how do you want to do this? We can talk about the history. Um, I have... I have some some sort of behind the scenes, uh, you know, uh, true or false or facts or whatever that we can go through, um, or we can start with the movie since we just kind of like talked about that and then actually talk about Ewok stuff. I mean, I want to start with one of my biggest uh, unsolved mysteries about Ewoks. What's that? So Ewoks are from the forest moon of Endor. Correct? Yes. We all know Correct. That's now, what, yes. Endor is a massive gas planet. Yes. What, what is the name of the planet, the moon, where the Ewoks are from? Wait, what's it, the name it, of the planet? It's it's not a planet, it's a moon. It's a it's a forest moon. Yeah, of Endor. Of Endor, which is the big gas giant. Yes. But everyone thinks that Ewoks come from Endor. Oh, so you're <laughs> saying, so what's the name of the actual moon? Yeah, I, 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 I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where people think the moon is Endor. Right. But it, even, it even says in Return of a Jedi, it says the forest moon of Endor. Endor, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be... Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Endor like us is... calling our moon Earth. The f- <laughs> and saying it's, it's the rock moon of Earth. The, the rock moon of Earth. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they could have named... I mean, but it, it just it sounds so much more proper when it has the full name. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'm sure it's been explained properly if I could be bothered to look it up. But, you know, yeah. it's a whole forest moon of endor thing it's the forest moon called endor or the forest moon of the gas giant endor yeah it, it can't be both i mean the, there are there multiple moons on endor uh i mean uh you've got the planet in rise of skywalker where the big go to the second death star wreckage that's in the endor system yes uh 
Kef Beer? Is it called Kef Beer? I, th- I think so. Um, whether it's a moon or a planet in the system, I don't know. I think it might be another moon. Which Wait, but a sense. system... I mean, if it's is it is it the system of Andor? Is it the Andor system? Uh, it's it's the oh, Model system, M O D E L, maybe. All right, so so cartography Andor, is not my strong point. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's is it cartography even when you're in space? That's it's maps, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but so. It, so Endor is a planet within the Modal or whatever system is what you're saying. Yes. And then we have this forest moon. Yes. Of the planet Endor. Yes. Within this system. But is often called Endor. Yes. Maybe because it's the only habitable one, perhaps. Oh, maybe. Maybe, maybe the... Well, no, other because, mo- because they were on the other one in... Rise of Skywalker, uh, yeah. that was habitable. Mm. It'd be nice if they just all were like, there's a desert moon of Andor, then there's a forest <laughs> moon of Andor. They, <laughs> they could film the, the entire saga in that system. <laughs> just a whole bunch of moons on this one <laughs> yeah. planet, and they all have completely different climates <laughs> or ecosystems. <laughs> So that's why it's just called that because, like, you know, there's just so many. I forget which one's which. So let's just call it by what it is. And this one's the one that's like a forest. Yes. That's we can't be bothered to give them names. Look, no, it's, no, it's, it's the like, green one. The green one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I just want to start the episode off with some uh, yeah. confusion and complete lack of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, I've, you know, and after the, uh, the Death Star 2 is blown up, all the debris falls into that. Uh, planet and somehow they all survive yep the the old endor holocaust mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, it's a thing somehow yeah it did not really i mean well or we don't really see ewoks afterwards right oh we do they, they all celebrate at yes, the end of the movie. yeah yeah uh you know it might have been a slow burn yeah <laughs> they might just not have known what was coming Right, right. Like it's probably <laughs> extremely polluted. I mean, right it had only that. just blown up. Exactly. I don't so know how long it takes that, for these things to enter the atmosphere. All the debris falls in, just causes like lots of just like, you know, terrible uh, it changes into the atmosphere and then they slowly uh, incarnate. Yes. But yes. Ewok apocalypse. That's what yeah. we're going with. Unless the rebels realized this in time and took some Ewoks and moved them to another planet or moon. I think they were all too drunk by that point. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, yes. nobody was getting, nobody was jumping in the ship that night. That see, <laughs> this is what they need to include in the from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi book. <laughs> like the 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 wills need to tell this story right at the end of it. It's like uh, we don't have Ewoks anymore. <laughs> yeah, so you know, they they helped us. They they tripped up a few, you know mechanical machines and battered some <laughs> stormtroopers on the head but i'm sorry we're all dead now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right so let's get back to to more serious ewok stuff if we can even be serious of, of about course. ewoks um but um i mean once it's the first appearance of ewoks trev since you're you're the timeline guy so what's what's the first appearance of ewoks in like real life 
And then do we have any sort of stories within Legends or Canon that talk about Ewoks before the events in like Return of the Jedi or whenever they first appear? Well, I mean, I got tripped up on this in our last episode, didn't I? By uh, was it Jacob who asked a question about the first um, live action appearance of Salacious Crumb? So mm-hmm. the first live action appearance of Ewoks was in Warwick Davis's little um, schoolboy home movie. Right. Um, right. But apart from that, it, it would have been the movie Return of the Jedi. Chronologically, all of the Ewok stuff is between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Both movies and the entire cartoon series are set three years after the Battle of Yavin. Oh, wow. So by the time you get to the movie, we've had all that stuff. Hmm. Which in itself opens a few contradictions, should we say? (laughs) We can get into that a little bit later. But yeah, so this is interesting. So we don't really know anything about um, what Ewoks were like before. I guess they haven't really explored um, Ewoks very much then outside of within that those like five ten years or whatever no and uh, all the all the sort of uh, expanded universe books comics etc about Ewoks and there's not many of them mm-hmm. nearly all are based on the comics and those two movies so I had a quick count earlier of the books on my shelf okay. so I have nine books or comics that tell original stories, but based from the characters in the cartoon. So based on that version of Ewoks, mm-hmm. I've got two that adapt the movies and six that adapt the TV shows, as well as some single issue comics that are collected in an omnibus as well. Yeah. Apart from that, there is one Ewoks book or comic completely Ewok centric, which is the Shadows of Endor released by Dark Horse Comics. Um, again, it, it is based on those characters. So the characters that you, you see them in the movies, but they're fleshed out in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a much more mature take on them, but it's okay. still those characters. And, that, you know, there's, there's not a massive amount of content out there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that, you know, for a lot of us that were kids when the movies were released, I think a lot of us did, did like... Um... Uh, you know the Ewoks when we saw them because they were you know probably more aimed towards a younger audience but I, mean, I think Wicket was my favorite action figure until <laughs> was he until my rankle ate him <laughs> because <laughs> you actually how much of a favorite was well you you could actually fit that figure in the mouth of a rankle so <laughs> as a what seven eight year old you'll go in to find out if these things work and then that's where it ended up being. And then you, and just you didn't like shake it and you can't your... get it back. <laughs> you, you didn't decide to like cut open the rancor to, to save uh, Wicked? Man, okay. Wicked may not have been that much of a favorite because damn, that rancor figure was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it became double favorite because it was a rancor <laughs> with Wicked inside. With a, with a full belly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but then it's, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know if it's, I'm just kind of like wondering what the appetite would be to for people or to get a more, you know, more adult um, Ewok story or, or to have even more of like a backstory of, of what they're like, where they're from. And can are they like um, for sensitive? Can they be trained as Jedi? Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of a force sensitive Ewok, 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the, the thing about Endor, sorry, mm-hmm. the forest moon of Endor, yes. <laughs> the Ewok culture is it's very magic based. You know, yeah. a lot of the time this content strays well away from what we kind of know and understand of the Star Wars universe. But that can be spun on its head. It could almost be like, you know, that planet is so thriving in the force, possibly because of the amount of nature there, you know, yeah, um, yeah. the amount of living things that these sort of, the, the sort of creatures that live there, the sort of um, culture and spells and med- medicine, uh, medicine, medicine and witch doctors and shamans mm-hmm. is all just another offshoot of the force maybe it, which it, that could be argued which kind of uh would play what go well with the if you do listen to the or look at the at least the lyrics of the first season of the ewok cartoon they do call themselves the uh, um, spirits of the forest so they you know or you know so, so there's definitely a connection there to to nature and to you know when we're talking about spirits within the star wars universe you can't you have to be talking about the forest pretty much, right? And yeah. there's also actually, so I did watch the first, only, I've only watched the first episode of the cartoon. Um, and there is a scene early on on that episode where uh, I think it's Tibu or Tivo? Uh, Tibo, Logre's apprentice. Yes. So he, um, he like hypnotizes this like purple bull thing that's like they're trying to give a bath to. And he like looks at him and he says he like calms him down enough that then they were able to bring the bull into this little like um, water barrel and give him a bath. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, he's definitely using the force there because <laughs> he just like he connected with the creature and like calmed him down. So it's, is that the same creature that um, uh, when we spoke about the book that I had signed by Warwick Davis, that's on the front of that, I think it's like, it's like Wicket's pet cow or something, essentially. Yes, yes. It's That's like a little, one. Yeah, I can't. It's like a can't purple, name. bluish. I can't remember the name of a species. Um, it'll come back to me at some point during this episode, no doubt. Uh, yes. Which now that I there's also the one episode I've watched of the droids cartoon. <laughs> at the end of the episode, three PO and R two are getting an oil bath, and then there's this purple cow thing purple bluish cow that come, like floats up as a little sort of like bath toy like a kid would have so i'm like <laughs> i assume it's the same kind of so the two cartoon shows that i've watched star wars like old school star wars cartoons have this one purple bull <laughs> no, no 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 wait till you see the rest of them there's one in every episode it's like an easter there egg is- is it? No, no. <laughs> that would that would be awesome if it was. I'm all I'm all concerned about the fact that droids need bath toys. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> Do they not just turn off? It's it's. I mean, R two is whimsical like that. So little, <laughs> something there. I mean, to be fair, R two can't even wash his own back. Those those legs are not going up there. No, no. I mean, who knows? And the next iteration of r2 he might be able to get you know those long arms like in the in mandalorian or something because he you know he was able to fly and yes. when the prequels came around so just because we haven't you know. seen him do it doesn't mean that he can't do it exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> he's there's there's a whole other compartment within that little body of things that he's able to do that we just don't know yet okay so 
let's talk about these two Ewok movies that we have both sure. watched in the last couple of days. Sure, so there's, there's, there's two of them. They were made for TV, um, 84 mm-hmm. and 85. Mm-hmm. Caravan of Courage being the first one, Battle for Endor being the second one. Jose, what did you think of Caravan of Courage? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I have my the most hated character for me now <laughs> in the whole Star Wars universe, uh, which is the this kid called Mace. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I messaged you right away because a lot of people don't like, obviously, like Mace Windu for for it, it's got for magic. Reasons. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, so is is Mace the name for any like on? any character within the star wars universe that you're not gonna like <laughs> because this is this kid is terrible he is and he's an ass absolutely yeah. he's just he's just the worst and he he gets his, i mean i i get it he gets a rock still so, <laughs> in the movie and everyone else gets all these like kind of like cool things and he, they just give him a damn piece like a damn stone a damn rock and he just throws it away which i'm like okay they're a primitive you know species or whatever so that rock give they gave you something don't be a jerk and just throw it away like that at least i like, keep it for a little bit who knows okay so like, let's uh, let's give a quick breakdown for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about right so what's in the, what's in the, the story movie, about? <laughs> um a human family crash lands on endor uh yeah. the brother and sister so mace must, must be what 12 13 maybe 15 years old something like that his sister Sindel, she's maybe five or six. They can't wake up. They can't find. Uh, they wake up. They can't find their parents. They get taken in by the Ewoks, the Ewoks that we all know and love. So Wicket and his tribe, um, and they have to find their parents who've been kidnapped by the evil Gorax, which is basically a big, nasty man in a suit who's like ten foot tall. <laughs> um, that's that's basically the story. But within the story, you know, there's lots of lots of magical elements and fantasy elements and and not a lot of communication considering it's a little girl and her snobby brother and the Ewoks yeah Uh, yeah and the so there is a little bit of a of like a Lord of the Rings feel to it I think it's these two movies definitely go more into the into the fantasy realm other than than the space opera or uh, sci-fi that we're more used to with the other Star Wars stories. So um, there's there's a whole fellowship of Ewoks and yep. they all get an item given to them and that's to that will help them with their journey. And uh, and yeah, so and that's the one that the, that the kid Mace receives is a, is a stone or a, a rock. Whereas I think um, Sybil is it? Sindel. Sindel, Sindel, Sindel gets a uh, gets a candle, but never <laughs> and, goes uh, out. No, does it? Well, she yeah, makes I she makes the comment yeah. uh, when we're they're sleeping in the cave, and she makes a comment that the candle basically burns forever. Yeah, so I mean, it's a magical magic candle, yep. um, and then there's like a, a, a gemstone, a stick, and so there's yeah, there's a couple of things in there that are very to me reminded me a lot of, of fellowship. Of the ring once uh they visit the the elves and they all get you know like the special like um yeah the, a special item each one of the hobbits gets a different type of thing so i'm sure there's a little bit of a reference in there 
uh, both being kind Maybe. of like stories for kids. <laughs> yeah. But one being far superior than the other one. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Lord of the Rings. Sorry. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I meant. Uh, no, but I mean, it's, I, I think as a, as a kid's story, it's probably enjoyable. It's just, uh, it's a little hard to watch as an, as an adult because everything is definitely being told from the perspective of, of, uh, of the kid of a five-year-old. And so the, the writing is not, you know, the dialogue is, there's not a lot of it. It's just very basic dialogue. You just get the little girl saying things and then the boy just being bit of a yeah a douchebag the entire time just but i also think it was a it was a pretty troubled production i don't think the making of that film went particularly Mm -hmm. well even though lucas was involved up to a certain degree yeah and ultimately he he got to sign off on it and go yep you know that'll that'll do let it go it's a tv it was made for tv it was definitely for kids i think that what what a kids show meant or a kids movie meant back then was a little different than what we expect out of kids stuff nowadays as well and i'm sure so, there's more i'm sure there are more dated looking films from that era right right but you know it came out the same year as like back to the future as, and gremlins and ghostbusters i was born <laughs> And as you were born, and you don't look dated at all. So that's my entire point. <laughs> <laughs> so did you know, uh, fun fact about uh, the um, the actors there, that Mace, the kid that played him, he was, um, he was brought in because he looks a lot like Luke. Does he? Yeah, he does. I, I, I'd never made that connection. He kind of, I mean, that's the first thing they, I thought when I saw him. They gave him an orange suit. They gave him the orange <laughs> suit. He, still, he has a little bit of like, uh, you know, he's, he does look a little bit like Luke. And that was the reason why they they cast him. It was because he had that Luke resemble, like he kind of resembled Luke. I mean, he's, and, he's, go on. You're going to say it before I am gone. I know exactly what you're going to say. What? <laughs> that he is as, as whiny. As, or, he's <laughs> as whiny as a new Hope Luke. <laughs> as, exactly. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I told you before that we recorded this, right? That I said, uh, I have a new appreciation for Wayne Luke because <laughs> he is not as bad as this kid. <laughs> so it's a thing. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the first movie. But, I but don't... Let, let's, let's, not, let's not brush over the fact that he does show some genuine character development throughout the film. He does. He, it's the whole... He um, he dismisses the Ewoks' help because they just little bears. Yeah. By the end of it, he has a whole newfound appreciation for them, you know, and yeah. they save their parents. So there is some growth for whiny little Mace. Yeah, no, there is, and there's a there's an Ewok. I mean, you know, spoiler alert: there's an Ewok that dies for them, and then he's just like, oh, yeah, he, you know, he he's like, oh wow, they really, you know. He cares for them at that point, right? I, so. I can see the emotion on your face, even as you're retelling the scene. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was very... <laughs> <laughs> I did feel more for that Ewok that died than I did for Mace. So, yep. oh, oh, no, Mace even has the, a whole Luke moment there too when he swings across uh, with like on a vine to rescue his sister. Oh, is that when they're in the castle? Uh, yeah. Well, when they're yeah rescuing the Gorak or uh, rescuing his 
his parents from the Gorax. I mean, that's, a, that's another thing. Half of it's set in a castle. You know, we, have, yeah, we don't see yeah. castles in sci-fi. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Vader has his own castle. Well, like, far. Yes, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's quite. No, but yeah, but the whole thing that he even has that moment to, with the sister sewing across this, yeah like i'm like yeah definitely he, he you know he, he's dressed like luke he has a little bit of a luke face and he then gets the luke action bit in there as well i, so. th- I think you may be reading more into it than the filmmakers intended <laughs> <laughs> i no i mean come on you don't swing across a thing like that in star wars without like you know Star okay. Wars has those moments, right? It's it just yeah. every, everyone says, I have a bad feeling about this. Those it's intentional re- callbacks, yeah. Exactly. So it, I don't think, I think it was very much intentional. I don't know if like the sister, like it being brother and sister thing was intentional because when that was filmed in A New Hope, that wasn't the intention. Yeah. Yeah. But by that point, they did <clears throat> know, right? That they were siblings. Yeah. So yeah, this was 84. So this 84. is a year after Return of Jedi. Exactly. And then, exactly right. So then we go on to the Battle for Endor. Battle the, for Endor. The second where the parents are film. different. Different actors play the parents. Yep. Um, uh, no, the, the dad's the same, isn't it? Nope. Nope. That oh, is okay. a different guy. The okay. dad in here is actually the principal from the Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. Because I, I looked at him like you look so familiar. And I'm like, oh, that's who you are. But you know, um, you know the one thing that strikes me most about this is. If you bring this film on Disney Plus, you see like the movie poster. Yeah. And you've got the big brash action hero. Yes. Who, who is that? isn't in the film? He's no, not yeah. in the movie. I was wondering. Because <laughs> the poster looks kind of badass. Yeah. Like there's this like the the big bad guy with this face that looks all like melted. And you, you see planets which make you think that you know it's actually set in space, like the last yeah. Starfighter or something. And um, this guy's just not in the movie at all no yeah <laughs> i was very much wondering who that was uh, my only guess is that there is this other human uh called noah played by wilford brimley uh who you know i you know he's uh he's a pretty isn't he the guy from the that, there's that commercial the diabetes commercial i mean I it, it, it means nothing to me over here Right, but Wilford Brimley, it's like, I mean, people, he, you know, he was in Seinfeld, In and Out, he's been on a bunch of other, I think he was in, uh, like, the, the thing, he's been in a lot of stuff. But he's like 65 and, in this movie, right? He's not, he, he's not the 25-year-old action movie on that, po- action no, movie hero on that poster. I, I feel like that was him when he first got uh, uh, trapped or, or, you know, stranded in, in the, in the, Forest Moon of Endor. See, I don't know whether it's meant to be whiny mace from the first film or souped up and ready to go, but they all get killed in the first five minutes of a movie. Yeah, he he has. I think that I found online that he has a total of thirty three seconds <laughs> on screen. So that's it. They, <laughs> they kill the entire family from the first movie, just leaving mm-hmm. the little girl in the first yes. five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, so That's yeah, some so. bold storytelling. <laughs> we do get some. Uh, I think we get the first appearance. Perhaps you tell me if I'm incorrect. Of the the those herding creatures from the, the blurgs, the blurgs. Yeah, yeah. Because they were an unused concept for one of the previous movies, 
uh, I think the Tauntauns, they were going to be taunt originally. Oh, okay. And uh, so they were going to be, they were the original design for the Tauntauns or one of the concepts for it. Obviously, Tauntauns turned into something else, which, hold on. Um, I got a good joke for okay. you, Trev. <laughs> What's the internal temperature of a Tauntaun? I don't know, Jose. What is the internal temperature of a Tauntaun? Lukewarm. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Come on. Please that's no. pretty That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> if, if it wasn't for the fact that I know I'm allowed to leave my house at any given time, <laughs> I think we were still in quarantine and you were going crazy. <laughs> go, go, come on. I think, I think, I mean, and that's a completely PG uh, joke, so... For those of you that have kids, you can tell that joke to your kids because it's good. You can it's do. Excellent. And they will scorn you for no, your dad or your mum jokes. I think it's great. I, <laughs> I think it's a good one. Anyways. How, how many times have you, how many different people have you told that joke to since you heard it? Has it been like every person you've had a conversation with? Wait, wait, wait. I've yes. got to tell you this joke. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've <laughs> he. Yeah, anyone who is around my age that I, or that I know has seen at least a Star Wars movie, yeah. I have told this joke to because I feel like it's that crazy. <laughs> and I just, uh, it's been just like three days since since learning this joke. I just asked my my Alexa <laughs> <laughs> to, to tell me a joke, and she said this, and I'm like, this is fantastic. Um, so yes, that's uh. Anyways, so Blurgs, Blargs, Blorgs, Blurgs, Blurgs. So they were original concept art for Tauntauns that got start, discarded and then they were brought in for this movie. Um, can, can, we, can we address that for a sec? Yeah. Wouldn't they have been a much better idea? Wouldn't a lizard creature work better on an ice planet than a mammal? Well, um, no, not necessarily. No. I mean, we. I mean, what real life lizards do you know that live in in like snowy areas? We know of polar okay, bears. Yeah, no, yeah that's, of, that's uh, okay. That is a very valid point. I didn't think this through before throwing into <laughs> the mix there. So they're usually pretty furry, kind of okay. have a really thick coat. Yep. No. Yep. You're completely right on that. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um. But. Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 the cold-blooded creature would also, I, I get, I, I can see where you were coming from there, um, but completely but wrong. But yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so so I, I, is am I correct to say that this is the first time we see a blurg? Yes, blurg, absolutely. Right? In their um, uh, badly uh, stop motion, it's it's stop motion and oh, what do we call the thing? See, it's so. It's such an old technique that I can't remember the name for it. Where superimposed, they're superimposed onto oh, yeah. the onto the thing, yeah. um, and badly so. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can yeah. see they didn't have a budget. No, but yeah, but it was to me. It was still cool to see that see them there, especially now that they're a little bit, you know, a little bit better <laughs> in, in the Mandalorian, and and we did get to see them a little bit, in, I think in in Rebels or Clone Wars as well. So. Uh, this is the, the first time they show up was in 1985. So that was that's a fun fun fact right there. 
And if you go back to our very first episode, I'm sure we would have spoke about it then when, when we mm-hmm. did our little Mandalorian yeah. Easter egg episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so this, this story to me felt even more removed from the Star Wars uh, universe uh, than the first one, just because it, it's definitely more, I think it's definitely more fantasy based. There is a, there's a witch of sorts and yeah. i then later find out that it's supposed to be a night sister yeah she has uh so cheryl and uh, she is a witch in the movie she has been retconned after the fact obviously over the last you know 10 15 however many years or so to be a night sister which explains the the dark side magic that she uses. Mm-hmm. and let's point out the magic is being able to turn into a bird okay <laughs> A raven no, or, or a crow. Yeah, that's that's not something that's easily done. She's not a shapeshifter. She might be a night sister. No, but she had she had to use that ring. She, she's that, got a that magic ring. Red yep, a magic ring to, to do this. To change, yeah. You've got uh, uh, the marauders, which are essentially you know ogres, but for all intents and purposes, that's what they are. Yeah, I was going to um, ask: the, Are the marauders any? I mean, I know that's a term that's used in for other groups within star wars right um like again if 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 i done research on this they there probably is a a proper <laughs> tie-in to something else but i didn't <laughs> yeah and i mean t- to me they didn't resemble any known species no and they just made to look particularly okay i mean the makeup on those guys though was very good i will say that that was some good makeup on those marauders on some more than others. <laughs> yes, yes. Some more than others. <laughs> um, but we haven't spoken about the biggest controversy of the Battle for Endor, the TV right. movie. So I believe that you're probably talking about uh, how our favorite Ewok, uh, Wicket, W, wait, what's, what's, the, what's the middle name? Uh, Wicket, uh, Wicket Wistry Warwick. Yes. Wicked Wistry Warwick. Um, he speaks English. Yep, he can talk. Yeah, well, basic. <laughs> he speaks basic. Now uh, he he has spent enough time the with the humans to, yeah, to be able to learn some of it. It's at, almost at like point. he's learning at the beginning of a movie, but by the end of a movie, he's quite fluent. <laughs> yeah, no, he he can definitely you know say. I mean, well, because in the first movie, he he does he can say like uh, Star Cruiser crash <laughs> and that's yeah. sort of like that's about it and and then by the second one yeah he's like oh help and like he has yeah he can have full-on conversations even like he, not a full you know grammatically correct sentence but he can have a full-on conversation in english i basically. i have i have friends who are less fluent in english from wicked is in that movie <laughs> so so yeah so why is this problem problematic trev with well obviously timeline? like we like we said, all, all of these things happen before Return of a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Return of a Jedi, and he's back to poking Leia with a stick. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> eating cereal bars. There is a whole group of people that are trying to... Can- so these movies are technically legends at this point. Yes. But there is a group of people that are have tried to canonize these stories. And they do say that, I mean, these stories could happen after the battle um, of Endor. They, they could. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how and why the decision was made to lump the movies into this time frame. 
Mm -hmm. Cartoons make sense because one of the episodes of a cartoon uh, links into there being an Imperial presence on the planet that's Mm. obviously pre-Jedi. Sure. But the cartoons don't really reference the movies at all. Um, Even though the the same characters exist, the the characteristics, the personality of the characters are quite different because they're not just people in suits who don't talk, you know? (laughs) Um, Yep. But at some point, some connection have been made to pin those movies down here. So it would probably make more sense if they were after Return of a Jedi. It probably would. Yeah, and there's even been some people saying that, you know, if any, Disney Plus could also just uh, re-edit them to take out some of the English out. But also, dialogue. Who says that the humans are speaking high galactic, which is high galactic basic are essentially the same thing. That's basically English in the Star Wars yes. universe. Yes. Who says that these humans are speaking that? Maybe that's not the language that Wicket learned. Right. That we, well, we're, we're, we're hearing that because it's just <laughs> the shorthand so that we could understand it and not have to read subtitles the entire time. So same reason technically... that we hear English in the Ewoks cartoon, because obviously <laughs> they're speaking Ewokese as you so splendidly did at the top of the show. Right. Right. <laughs> splendidly. Yes. <that's... laughs> um, I mean, well, as far as we, we've known from the star wars universe though every human seems to be able to speak basic we haven't seen a human that doesn't speak it doesn't mean that they don't exist no no, no i i agree so and i it's, feel like some, well, sometimes be... retcons come from the weirdest <laughs> of possible explanations right, right. no <laughs> they, I, I don't think their home easier. planet is ever specified it could be the, way out on the outer rim um they could be proper it could almost be rednecks. Um, maybe it's just their dialect, but yeah, it's so different to True. everybody else's that Wicket still can't understand Leia. So it's either that or this movie's happened after <laughs> Endor. Or they Ewoks have a really short memory. Maybe. Oh, that's also possible. But, yeah, you know, that, that could be a thing. That's yeah. They completely forgot that they have met other humans and learned their language, uh, or you know the or the whole invasion or or whatever with the empire was just like so traumatic that they also forgot everything that happened before. I mean, it could just be a lack of trust. It could be as simple as that. True. On Wicked's part, in in that scenario, true. So. The reason that they want one of the reasons that they're talking about or people say that this movie should be canon um, has a lot to do with the fact that Warwick Davis, who plays Wicked in the movies, also plays Wicked in these movies. Uh, like, sorry, like, you know, what? in Return of the Jedi, <laughs> Warwick Davis plays Wicked and yes. Warwick Davis also plays Wicked in Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. Okay. Therefore, since you have an original cast member playing the same character, then that gives a little bit more validity to it being uh, part of canon because it's the same actor. Oh, okay. But then okay. that would technically then imply that then the Hollywood, the the holiday special or Christmas special is canon. Yeah. So then that also brings up a whole other sense of issue. Yeah, but that's I think, what I think. Billy D. Williams has played Lando in pretty much everything that Lando's ever done, including video games. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. Mark Hamill did 
the voice for Luke in one of the Jedi Academy oh, video games, I think. So by that argument, you're opening up for <laughs> everything to be recanonized. Mm-hmm. Well, who's making I mean, these I'm arguments? Not, I just saw people online, you know. <laughs> All those people. Oh, God, those people. <laughs> well, what about this? Did you know that Wicked was not originally Wicked? Uh, okay. What was Wicket originally supposed to be? Well, Wicket was actually the one, the the Ewok that uh, that steals the speeder. Oh, okay. Is that um? Ah, uh, I always get this wrong. I always get this wrong about which Ewok that was. Was it Paplu? So, yes. Oh, get that in. Was, that was Paplu, who was played by. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> who? Kenny Baker. Oh, really? I mm-hmm. did not know that. So that Kenny is an Baker, interesting fact. Yeah. So Kenny Baker was actually had a uh, foot poisoning uh, the day that um, that Paplu pa- 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 meets pa- uh, Princess Leia. Okay. And so, 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 uh, so he couldn't play. So he was sick. So then they asked uh, Warwick Davis to be in there and then he ended up being wicked and then they renamed they renamed kenny baker's character to paplu okay so there was a a bit of a switch in there so wicked so yeah uh warwick davis's uh character was not supposed to be a major like character at all the they cast casting already had all the um ewoks that they needed or or all the actors that they needed to play ewoks but his mom called in and they're like, oh, yeah, no, he's this tall. And they're like, actually, he could be a younger Ewok. So that would be actually really good. And then that's how he, he was cast. And then he was just, a, and everyone was just really impressed with how he used the costume because he just tilted his head. Like he said, he was inspired by his dog. And, and, and he just had, a, he took the role in a very different way than anyone else on set was doing. You, so you, I think can, you can imagine that as a, because he was what, 14? Um, uh, third, yeah, 13, 14. Yeah, like so that. a lot of those guys are probably just thinking it's a job. We've got something else right. next week. Right. This guy's at a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. But he probably thought, you know, what what can I, he probably studied. I don't know how much he studied, but he probably gave a lot of thought to a performance as opposed yeah. to rock up, put a suit on. Oh yeah, Do this, my is thing, his, go on this is major. His, yeah. his, his big thing, you know. This is before anything else that he did. So, and oh, the other thing that they liked was that he could stick his tongue out of the. the mask. <laughs> so, so he just gave it gave Wicked a lot more personality than he was than than that Ewok was intended to have, and that's why I mean he ended up even having these two movies um, after him. So that was just that's a fun little fact about about Warwick Davis uh, being uh, or and Wicked in general um, and becoming more of a of a character than he originally was planned to be. No, and I think a lot of the end or stuff in Jedi is pretty much even though uh, Richard Marquand directed Return of a Jedi, George Mm -hmm. Lucas pretty much did all the second unit stuff or was over his shoulder enough that he might as well have. So I think all the Endor stuff is practically directed by George Lucas. So that kind of, that story very much ties in to what we know about George Lucas as a director and how whimsy he can be. 
and right. it would make complete sense. All right. So on that note, Trev. Yes. What about so? There's you know there one of the I think urban legends of Star Wars, right? That Wookies were the originally were originally intended to be uh, like Kashyyyk was supposed to be the planet, and that we were gonna have uh, Wookies in Return of the Jedi as like the featured kind of alien species instead of Ewoks. Yes, 100% true. Absolutely true. But that was George Lucas's original plan. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where he thought, okay, we can't afford that. Short people cost less because that's almost what it feels like. No. So I have, I have the answer for you. Okay. Because what I've heard, right, is I, I have also heard that it was a, a cost thing. However, yes. um, to me, it was just more costume, right? So there's a lot less fabric. That, so the costumes are a lot smaller. There's oh, okay. Yeah, that's there's valid. A lot less fur. Uh, yep. So it does cost less to make a lot of Ewok costumes than a lot of Wookiee costumes. However, the, the reason um, or what George was envisioning for this movie, right, was that it was really about going to a more pr- primitive um, species or or um, or people. Yeah, because it's that whole um, primitive species versus technical technological superiority of exactly. the empire. That's the exactly. whole thing. However, we know that the Wookies, like we've seen Chewbacca, be quite adept with technological things because yes. he can fly the Millennium Falcon and his bowcaster. So, so there's all these things that, that, that we've seen Chewbacca do that if then we go to Kashyyyk, the idea was that they might not be primitive enough to carry the, the, that plot point that he wanted to, to take all the way through. Therefore, he thought of another species and he, you know, with the Wookiee name, he then reorganized the letters to make Ewok. So, I mean, you reverse it. Again, and sta- standard Lucas, standard Lucas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's actually a, there is a Native American tribe and that from, uh, or there was from uh, the Northeast, uh, I mean, sorry, from the Northern California called the Miwoks. So he, re- he puts Wookiee backwards and and drops a few letters so that it kind of resembles the Miwok people of Northern California. Okay. And there you have an Ewok. Who are also murderous, cannibalistic bears. Now, are they cannibals? <laughs> well, no, sorry. Yeah, complete. As I soon as point. I said that, as soon as I said that, I knew <laughs> you were going to pull me on this. Yes. Yes, no, they're, but, not, but, they're not cannibals. They absolutely not cannibal. do eat humans. They can eat humans the same way that we eat cows, yes. but that doesn't. We're not cannibals for eating cows, therefore they are not cannibals for eating humans. But there's that scene at the end of Jedi where during a big musical number, where one of them's banging on the helmets like drums, you yes. know that they ate those people. <laughs> they mean, they 100% were hundred percent at those people. They didn't steal they the helmets. Gonna, they were eating because yeah, they were gonna cook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, our heroes, right? Like yeah. that was the whole point. <laughs> Until 3PO decided to become their, their golden god. <laughs> I, I want to touch on that one a second. I hadn't okay. thought about this until this just came up. The reason why they think 3PO's a god is because of a crossover between... The, they released um, both Droid and Ewok comic series published by Star Comics, which was an offshoot of Marvel back in the mm-hmm. 80s, the time of cartoons. 
there was a crossover between the two series where the droids got flung forward in time. Now, at the t- in the comics, I think it says like 120 years, but the gap is actually like seven. So you've got to think 40 and think they got kind of got slung 120 years in distance. Mm-hmm. The same as Parsecs. Anyway, they end up on Endor before the events of Return of the Jedi uh, and team up with the Ewoks. But from the Ewoks' point of view, these guys appear in like some weird timeline wormhole turn up help capture the weird alien prince that they're babysitting, because that's the whole Uh plot of the story, and then disappear again through their timeline vortex. So you can imagine why they think that this gold droid is a droid, uh, a god, Uh because they've met him before (laughs) in very Doctor Who circumstances. So when he turns up again, of course, when you're that primitive a species, he's a god. Wow. So there is context. Interesting. So there you go. Um, I don't I don't mind that. I mean, it's also just a very, you know, very different type of humanoid than, yes. than the other humans I've been seeing. <coughs> Although they have also been battling stormtroopers and stormtroopers when they have their whole get up on, they do look a little somewhat droid like. Yes, but then they pulled the helmets off, saw their mm. faces and <laughs> ate them. <laughs> Kind of, oh. kind of takes the I, god out of it. I would have liked to have seen them do that. To <laughs> mm, and this god three... tastes good. Well, no, but they take this his head off, right? And then they realize that he can still talk. And that's <laughs> why he's a god. He's like, oh wait, you have nothing inside. Okay, yes, you. <laughs> and then three PO would still make a gag about being naked. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Um. So I mean that's uh I don't have a lot more in terms of uh of Ewok facts on my end other than I did find a a fun little sketch uh, that I'll share on the Discord of of a a concept uh sketch of a of an Ewok that looks very much I, like a I saw this in the coder and I've yeah. never seen this before and it's, they're, they're like two legged dogs with rabbit ears they're kind of like yeah. They, I mean, it's really cute, but also like it. flurry blurks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the head does remind me a little bit of the of those crystal foxes from. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Last so, Jedi from the Last Jedi, yeah. So there's like a, a number of combinations of of animals there, but it's, I think it's really cute. Uh, very different vibe than the Ewoks that we have. I, but... I can't see those guys um, being as multi-skilled with tools and being able to set up as many traps and all of us. Okay, so that's the other thing that really caught me. So obviously me and Jose have watched both of these TV movies over the last couple of days. I caught, I had to watch the last kind of rush for the last 20 minutes uh, earlier this afternoon. <laughs> in the big battle in the Battle yes. for Endor, the Ewoks are using some proper technology. They're using blasters. They're using gun turrets. Yeah. Why did they go back to tripping up scout walkers with ropes? You know, they, <laughs> they knocked down these stormtroopers. They should have been able to pick up their blasters and go, oh, yeah, I used one of these six months ago in <laughs> that other movie. Again, I think this is why it makes a lot more sense for this movie to happen afterwards. I, I think I should. That would also explain 
why they are there when they pick up these weapons they know how to use them because they've also seen them before with the stormtroopers maybe we should make a an executive decision about where we put these films on the utini timeline and even yeah. though it'll be different from any other timeline on the internet maybe we should stand our ground on this maybe we should start a petition i think so i mean there's there's no other reason there's nothing in the movie itself that says that it needs to be before the battle of endor no, none at all. Although uh, the little girl herself, Sindel Tawani, she does turn up in a later book. Oh, she we're, she becomes be a back on this. She becomes a hollow journalist. I mean, it's a very very brief mention in Tyrant's Test, which is the third book of the Black Fleet Crisis trilogy, and it's a very brief mention, and that's the only one she gets. Ah, which may it may date the movies. I don't think that's the reason that the movies were put where they were. Yeah. But while we're talking deep dives, I teased something in our Discord earlier about uh, giving a hint about what this episode would be. Now, okay. so Noah, the old fella from Battle for Endor. Yes. There's a one of these Holonet news articles that I keep, keep raving about, but came out before episode two, Attack of the Clones. One of those references, the fact that his starship has gone missing. Yes. Which obviously is when he crash landed on this planet, you know, yeah, uh, 25 years before the movie. And it's just a tiny little thing. So I threw in our discord huh. as a real test for our listeners to see if anybody would pick that up. That's cool. Oh, yeah, all, that's... all it is is Noah's name in this news article. Yeah. That's, that's a challenging one for anyone to pick up. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, and then he, so he crash landed, but he was also there with a friend. I wonder what happened with this. That, that's in the news article. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but that's in the news article. As well. I, I'm guessing he died when they crashed. Maybe. He says that he went away somewhere, but he, or he never, I don't know, something, but he, he never saw the body. So. Well, he was I eaten was... by the Ewoks, obviously. Uh... <laughs> Or the marauders, all the blurgs, all the marauders, or the goroks. <laughs> yep. Any, but there's a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of nasties on that planet. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's another fun fact. Okay. Uh, I think there is a um, there's a cage in at the end or at some point in in the in Battle for Endor, and this cage was actually a prop from Indiana Jones. Okay. So uh, yeah, in, in the move in in Battle for Endor, I think you see some like skeletons inside of inside of this cage, and then in uh, in Indiana Jones, I I forget which scene it, it shows up in, but it was actually yeah they reused that that prop. So I have another... one more that just occurred to me. Which one? So you know the the Ewoks uh, battle mode in Battlefront Two. Yes. Where you're undercover darkness, you're either playing as the Ewok or as yes. the opposing side. The Wisties, that you, that's one of the special moves. That's one of the things you can equip. Yes. That's from Caravan of Courage. That's those little firefly things that oh, we see outside the camp. Yes. Yeah. Those fire and the firefly things are also show up in the cartoon too. As I yes. know that I've that first, very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I did like how those little firefly things. It's uh, it's actually the, the um, animation was quite good on them as well. It was pretty good, yeah. And it's funny because um, they, you know, 
a couple months ago, I was just going through every single Stargate episode. <laughs> um, so I was just marathoning that or binging that or whatever we want to call that nowadays. But there is a planet where there's all these tiny little like creatures that are very much act the same way. And then they just sort of, I mean, they can attack you. And uh, it's takes a much more uh dark mature, <laughs> mature. <laughs> i mean as mature as a stargate episode can be because it's still like primetime tv and it's still kind of like fun but yeah they can kill you when they just sort of like all attack you at once and you just get all these like burn marks all over your body and we see that that is how this little firefly things at, kind of attack in in the movie too so i'm like i to to me, like I was making that connection. I'm like, oh, I can see how that's there. I've seen <laughs> people die from, from all these like little burn marks. So <laughs> I'm, I'm learning that watching a movie with Jose might be a completely different experience to watching it with anybody else. <laughs> I just make all these other connections to other things I've watched, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, that tracks. That definitely works. That is terrible. That's terrifying. <laughs> Even if it's a kids' movie, that can <laughs> that's yes, pretty bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right well trev do you have uh do you have any batshit crazy book of the week for us this week or is everything you want basically batshit crazy i so i said about all the books i have that tie into you know the, the cartoon or the movie or original stories i have a really really weird one for batshit crazy mm-hmm. this week and so this, this is, is not called... the one that you got signed by warwick davis no this is much weirder so i'm going to mm-hmm. show this up to you and i'll show pictures this is called fuzzy as an ewok <laughs> it's a touch and feel oh, book oh this for yeah for for, for like, real toddlers. little kids with little you know that's wicket's tummy there with a little bit of fur oh. bit of bit of grass astroturf in the tree yeah uh, oh a bit of bit of blue ocean it's like a little pebble thing it's that's very adorable. very odd <laughs> oh i want to get that for my niece and it, there's, there's two of them there's um fuzzy as an ewok things to touch see and smell from the forest moon of endor that's its full title oh I, my god i don't know whether it was supposed to be um a smell vision book at the time i highly doubt that and then there's also a droid one called shiny as a droid and same sort of thing so yep that's probably I'm, I'm one of the weirdest Star Wars books that right ever now. exists. It does not. It's not easy to get, huh? I, I wouldn't imagine Amazon's going to be your best bet. Nope. eBay have it. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I can't imagine yeah. as many of these left in existence. I really can't. I guess it's pretty. When is this? Well, 1986. Wow, that's a. That's impressive. That you have that. I mean, not impressed. I mean, you have a thousand something behind <laughs> you. So I guess I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but that's pretty cool, actually. That's, that's the thing about having, you know, the thing about my collection is that I've always had to have every, we can call it a Legends now, but every Legends book that exists. <laughs> and because that book tells an original story, even though the original story is Wicket goes and feels some things, is that <laughs> what the story a, is? Pretty much, you know, it's a flamingo, the tree, the ocean, but it's based okay, around us, a story. Read read us uh, some pages of this book. Oh, dear God. Um, 
you know, maybe we should do something like this in the future. We can just like have uh, people read portions of, of books or things. And uh, that's definitely something we should work on. We Yeah. It's a really good idea. I like it. <laughs> so, however, public speaking a... is not my thing, but I'm going to do this. You're I'm going to read. I'm going to read reading. No, I'm going to read the first page. Yes, do that. So the Ewoks of Endor were excited. Wait, do a proper intro. Like, what's the name of the book? I mean, Fine. I know we've been talking about it, but so this is like, a, like this is going to be an excerpt from Fuzzy as an Ewok. Things to Tuck, See, and Smell from a Forest Moon of Endor <laughs> by Virginia Holt, published Thank in you. 1986 by that Random House. Yes. So the Ewoks of Endor were excited. There was only one more day till the Festival of the Wisties. We were just talking about Wisties. Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm, you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. Everyone's favorite holiday. Wicket and his friend Princess Knisa, which is Chief Chirpa's daughter, by the way, mm -hmm had promised to help Lowgrave a wizard get ready for the festival. Find the things on my list, Lowgrave said, and our, our party will be perfect. We'll do our best, said Wicket and Kinesa. You can help too. Breaking oh, the fourth wall there. Fantastic. No, this is great. That's a great intro. And now everyone will have to go on eBay and try to buy this book to find out what <laughs> happens next and what things you can touch uh, smell and feel in the forest moon of Endor. There you go. Per perfect sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put mine on eBay now to see, <laughs> see how much you bid for it. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good setup, though. I am curious to know, like, to see where this goes. So, part uh, two next week. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, no, we're not, I'm not going to promise all. that. Not at all. No. <laughs> all right, Trev. Well, do you have anything else to share, uh, Ewok-wise or anything else? I, I, Marauders. I, I, I think this, uh, this episode has been informative about very much real-world things, less informative about actual Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, I came in with a, with, with a number of facts here. See, I, I did prepare for this. But... I will say this, uh, you know, closing closing thoughts on Ewoks and, uh, <laughs> and the movies. Uh, you should watch the movies. I think it gives just mm. to have a. I, I think it to put everything in context. It kind of it's if kind you of literally have nothing else to do with if your you have day, nothing else, don't rush to watch them. No. But they are on Disney Plus, so you you know you might you can put it on background as you do something else. So you're like doing the dishes or or like or literally anything else. But it's still kind of interesting to see to see, especially with to help uh, put into context what we're talking about in this episode. So yes, and you will get to see Blurgs. So if you really like the Mandalorian, yes. you should watch yep. them. You get to see that and some. I mean, I did actually appreciate all the all the uh, stop motion animation in this, even though the creatures were not great, but <laughs> it's still fun to see stop motion from back then. Uh, so, but yeah, I, 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 the second part of my closing statement would be, I would like a more mature take on Ewoks and more stories on Ewoks. You, you won't see the murder bears in full action. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Maybe yeah, like I mean, a, why not? A, maybe like a what if. 
Yeah, like sure. A, I mean, a, a what if Wicket was particularly hungry that day? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love for that story. If not, at the very least, just I mean, just give us a, a little bit more of what happens with what happens with or what happened with Ewoks after the fact or before any of this. You know, just something outside of those ten years uh, would be fun to to see. And it's just something not specifically directed at kids. Like, even if it's just the same tone as Return of the Jedi, which would be more just, you know, that it could be for adults, it could be for kids, it's fine. But it would just be cool to see something more about Ewoks rather than just this, what happened within this one decade. I, I, for, all, for all our um, listeners who really appreciate the deep dives like I do, I really tried to find time to talk about Catch the Fake Ewok from a Race Squadron series. But I just couldn't find time to uh, And so you're just going to have to accept that it was on my mind the whole time. And uh, <laughs> maybe in another episode. All right. Well, if, uh, you know, we'll post whatever we can on our Discord. So if for some reason you haven't yet, just make sure to join our Discord. It's, uh, you know, very active community there. So just go on to utenia.com slash Discord and click the join now button there. And, you know, join in the conversation and see whatever we're talking about and you know some of these uh, little uh, teasers that trev is apparently dropping in to see if people can guess what we're going to be talking about uh if not there trev where can people find you so i will be in the discord or i am at david todd on twitter and i am at the joxy on twitter even though i don't spend a lot of time on twitter uh so yeah if you want me get me on uh on discord as well but having said that Trev, as always, thank you very much for joining me today in this episode about Ewoks. And <laughs> thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making shows like this possible. And as always, thanks to you listeners for continuing to hear us talk about anything and everything Star Wars. And with that, I can now say radio out. And I should have just translated that into Ewokies. So sorry about that. <laughs> radio out. <laughs> there is no hatred there is joy there is no division there is union there is no apathy there is passion there is no gatekeeping there is community this is the utini star wars fan code embrace it live by it And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.